Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dum Dums and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise. Dice today. Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. 
the coterie have arrived at Elysium and found themselves at the center of attention. Ridley used his street smarts to find an armed robber to pump for information. Everett almost ate another vampire, which would have got him decapitated, and Iris discovered an unlikely ally who helped keep Everett undead before the prince drew all eyes to Iris and the coterie. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Iris, you feel the eyes of every kindred in the room turn to look at you. Um, as uh, we said at the end of the last episode, uh, you, you're used to being famous, but this is the first time you've been vampire famous. Uh, and that's an entirely uh, different um, sort of experience and feeling. Uh, as you kind of quickly uh, glance around uh, the room, you see all manner of reactions to the prince calling you out specifically and calling out your coterie specifically. Um, you see uh, from some of the older kindred um, who you can tell are older largely because of the weird archaic uh, say costumes for lack of better term they're wearing. Um, you see looks of uh, derision, um, some looks of um, envy, um, some just like completely un, uh, unhidden loathing um, that uh, an upstart um, would, would be given such attention um, and, uh, of course, amidst all of this, you also see some, you see, you know, Azaria and, and her, uh, Coterie Noel just kind of giving you like little, like quiet, like nods of like, fuck yeah. Um, but you can start and, and again, knowing kind of social circles and, um, how a lot of status play works. I think you're getting the sense that you can see a pretty clear division in this room between what could be considered the old guard and the sort of up-and-comers like the Tyrell Coterie. The up-and-comers seem pretty excited that someone like them is getting the shout-out. Some of the um, more established kindred um, who have likely been sort of scratching at um, the uh, the ceiling, uh, trying to get up in higher into the Camarilla, are, are clearly uh, envious. Um, but most importantly of all, you you see the uh, the eyes of uh, uh, the uh, Marquis de Montcalm kind of boring into you as uh, as the man uh, waits for your response. So you have two options here, Miles, and you can pick which which approach you want to take. Um, you can either respond directly uh, to the prince, um, or you can attempt to kind of try and win the room over in some way, shape, or form. Um, or you can try and do both at the same time. It's kind of up to you. Uh, either way, we're going to get those sweet, sweet dice involved. So what would you like to do? Um, I would probably try to do both in terms of like addressing the prince in a way that would win everyone over to me. Okay. So um, I think this is probably going to be etiquette and either charisma or composure. Unless you want to make a, a case for using a different skill set, but that that's what my, my assumption would be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Also, it's been, uh, dear listeners, it's been a hot second since we played this system, so get ready for some, like, wait, what the fuck? How does this work again? So it's yeah. been, like... I think we last played last year. So it was December 9th. It is now January 17th. Shaved twice. 
<laughs> no. Tyler has a long beard. That's the joke for the audio listeners. Well, I think just saying I've shaved twice means that time has passed. <laughs> as well. that's what, yeah, that's what Battlestar Galactica taught me. Uh, four successes. Four successes. Um, okay, yeah, you um, you you are are successful in your attempt. Um, you can either role play it, Miles, or you can describe. Um, how you think you go about that. Uh, but either way, I'd like to hear what your your concluding statement is as Iris, but uh, feel free to to approach it either way. Honey, I'm so sorry. I forget what it what he had said to me oh, that I'm totally responding fair. to. Um, the, uh, the prince had uh, asked you if you specifically, and what he called the Dunn Coterie, um, what, how far you were willing to go um, to gain control of the West End of Montreal. Um, the prince has just declared that um, the the age of the sabbat in Montreal is over, uh, which has been pretty much the the lay of the land since Montreal was founded. Uh, that the Camarilla is here, and that Montreal is open for business. So, part of this Elysium is to carve up uh, Montreal into new territories as it falls under the sway of the Camarilla. Now, it is important to note: a Montreal is currently exploding outside. Uh, so it's not like, you know, this is an easy transfer. This is very much a, we're here to kind of create a new kingdom. Um, but B, uh, he has the authority to grant this under under sort of Camarilla law, but the Camarilla is still trying to establish itself here. So there's that weird kind of like, um, this was a big, this tends to happen in war, but it was also a big thing um, when uh, Alexander died and all of his generals were like, okay, cool. What do we do? Who gets what? How do we not make this turn into eternal war? Which it did. Um, so yeah, you're being named sheriff of that town with no law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But like all the towns have no law. So it's kind of like, congratulations. If you can hold it, it's yours. So um, he has, uh, and this is, uh, you know, in, in his speech, he alluded to the fact that like, obviously the city is is in, uh, is under siege from uh, the Inquisition right now. There are a lot of opposing factors, but he's also kind of thrown down the gauntlet to a room full of power hungry autocrats who want this, uh, but he singled you out first. So the, the ask is pretty easy. And I think also to some extent, kind of something you can't really say no to the question is just how you like, what spin you put on the response. If it was Ridley, it would just kind of be like, you know, I'm going to fuck up whoever (laughs) I'll, I'll kill my way to the top. But Iris is obviously a very different person. And because of the, your own fame and the way you've been hyped uh, to this crowd by people like Baron Magellan and uh, by Azaria, um, you've been identified as a leader of this coterie. Uh, also, because I think they'd have a real hard time believing Ridley Beef uh, is is the, the head of a coterie only because they're a bunch of like weird snobby assholes. Uh, and Everett has been sneaking around thinking about who to kill. So he's definitely not on, on the arm in my e- mouth. Everett's <laughs> not even in charge of his own feelings right no. now. Yeah, so he's yeah. not ready for anything else. No, his, his, uh, success, was, was quite messy. Um, so yeah, sorry, I should have clarified that. Uh, with that in mind, Miles, how do you respond? Um, I think I'll just describe kind of the type of speech I'd make. I, I'm not really eloquent enough to actually make it. Um, totally fair. But having been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'd probably take like a Socratic way of, of, of talking it where it's like saying a lot and asking a lot of questions, but not really making a choice. But in the end, kind of making the decision of, of or the idea of unity and coming together and 
showing power against those who who want to destroy us and making it like us mm. a collective and mm. kind of mm-hmm. trying to quell factions. Okay, I like that. So based on the amount of successes you rolled, um, I think the way that plays out is the some of the older vamps who were giving you um, the side eye um, relax a little bit um, because in your your version of this, you're actually making room for them, which isn't something a lot of kind of like upwardly mobile kindred tend to do. It's usually like, it's about me. You know, it's, it's Kanye West giving Kim Kardashian a hologram of her dead father and then just having that hologram talk about Kanye West. Uh, you, on the other hand, have opened it up uh, and have made them part of it, but also have, I think, by re-evoking the Sabbat and re-evoking the Inquisition, you've kind of, I think, set an interesting tone, which is like, yeah, we're going to take the West End, but we're all going to have to take Montreal. Um, so there's still some people who hate you, make no mistake. But um, you've, you've called some fears, uh, I think, particularly with the older vamps, that uh, you're just another, like, fucking young gun, low-generation upstart who's just here to, like, wreck things for the, for, the, for the proper people. Also, the Socratic method thing sits pretty well with them because they're like, oh, at least she can speak the proper language. <laughs> um, so there's, there's some heads nodding and, and generally some, uh, some good reactions. Uh, Everett and uh, Ridley, you, of course, hear this speech. Um, how do you react to it? Um, Ridley wouldn't... Uh for lack of a better term, want to like mess with Iris's like flow kind of thing. Like, oh, Iris yeah. has proven time and again to be you, extremely do capable. Everett? Do you mean Everett? What did I say? You said Ridley. Ridley. So I just wanted to check where I was like, are, We're doing are we this debating again, what man. I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yep, it's a Everett. freaky Friday scenario. I need you to do each other's voices for the rest of the session. Um, oh, yeah. darn. And um, uh, keep in mind, um, sorry, what I'm asking for reactions is not necessarily like joining in. It could literally just be kind of like, what's your mental state? How does this speech strike you? Um, Did it's I fuck on, up? Do you hate me now? Yeah. It, you know, uh, are you planning to kill Iris next session? All these things are, are kind of what, what I'm what I'm asking. Uh, but that makes sense. Uh, uh, Everett for Everett. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Ridley wouldn't be crazy about the name, but at the same time, they're already getting offered something big. So, like, let's not fuck with that. He can establish that they're like a trio of more equals than <laughs> as our assistant. At the same time, I think there's a part of his brain that's like, well, I don't want to fucking do these parties anyways. Everyone talks like a cunt. <laughs> like, yeah. So, there's a bonus to not being the person who has to go talk to this asshole, and there's there's something in that. So, a hundred percent. And I mean, honestly, I think it's the dynamic that you and Iris have set up anyway, which is like, if it's a fancy fucker event, Iris does the talking. If it's like a bunch of scumbags, you do the talking. And I don't know if you need to kidnap a baby, you send Everett because that's what he's best at. <laughs> yeah, Everett will ruin it and refuse to tell us how. Yeah, great, great. Uh, uh, this all tracks. Um, so um, there's some general muttering. Um, the prince uh, kind of give, gives you a, a slight uh, a tilt of his head um, and then proceeds to address some of the other uh, coteries and kind of uh, some of the other issues. He does, um, this is, it, it is worth noting, this is kind of a pre-audience um, chat. Um, he will actually be speaking to the various coteries inside the theater proper. Um but uh, this is just kind of his way of addressing the troops, particularly given all the, the chaos outside. Um, so um, the, uh, you know, there's, there's some other um, big talking. You notice that um, some of the other uh, people who are giving speeches or are, are kind of responding are doing it uh, with much more kind of naked ambition. Um, 
most notably, um, there is um, a uh, a woman by the name of um, Fleur de Lis Tempestra, um, who is uh, think like um, she's got like a Tessa Thompson vibe. Um, very confident um, and uh, uh, like uh, kind of almost like she carries herself like a UFC fighter. Like she's just kind of got the, the kind of person who walks with sort of a certain physical confidence um, that uh, uh, denotes kind of a good deal of strength. Um, and uh, yeah, she, um, she and her coterie are, are very eager um, to, uh, to get involved. And her, her speech basically takes the opposite tact to yours, where yours was very much, it's an us situation. For her, it was like, my coterie and I will solve this problem. Like, there, it's still a we speech, but it's like me and my buds, not, not the rest of you. Um, and uh, Iris, you are somewhat... Uh, relieved to see that the vamps react to that, uh, the old vamps react to that about as poorly as they were set up to react to yours. So the young vamps are pretty excited because she's showing like good vision, but she definitely has has pissed off the older generation a bit. Um, and uh, with kind of the speeches concluded, um, the uh, Ryan Laplante, the sheriff, kind of um, signals for everyone to uh, quiet down a little bit um, and. Uh, uh, shows uh, uh, the Marquis de Montcalm kind of into the theater proper um, where uh, he will start to receive audiences. Um, meanwhile, uh, Everett, um, you have uh, finished slaking your thirst uh, from Sorka, um, who um, just kind of like pats you kind of like um, in a, uh, a sympathetic um, but also kind of distant way um, on your shoulder um, and then just kind of uh, uh, reaches into one of her pockets, pulls out a um, sort of a, a silk scarf and just wraps it around the, uh, the wound, which is already starting to heal up. Um, and uh, she um, looks at you with, now that you're kind of less like blood frenzied, um, she has a, it's, I don't know if you've, uh, this was certainly true of my grandmother and I think it's true of a lot of people who've had uh, laser eye surgery or anything that, that, um, or like, um, I forget what the condition is, but where they basically like correct your lenses like deep inside your eye. Um, their eyes almost shimmer um, in like a weird deep way that is a little unsettling because it's something actually within the eye itself. Um and her eyes seem to do that. It's almost um, it's almost like having double vision um, as you you look at her, um, or like she has a second eye kind of layered in front. It creates a weird, um, vaguely dyssynchronous effect uh, that you find uh, a little unnerving. But she also just really saved saved your bacon, um, and uh, she just says, uh, "So is that a little bit better for you?" Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. I I don't think I can. Look her in the. I think immediately after the my regular faculties return to me, I think the shame kicks in of losing it a bit and and then mm. giving into the hunger. So I, I don't like. I think I see that glimmer and then I cannot meet her eye. And I think I, I need to excuse myself. <laughs> I'm like, pardon me, excuse me, and then gotcha. I like leave. All right, fair enough. Um, she uh she just seems to nod. Um, and you can hear her, hear her uh, muttering to herself. Um, as uh, as you leave, um, she seems to be having a, a pretty involved conversation. Um, which is uh not, you notice that, I, and I think Everett for you this is a bit 
it's something you notice, but you notice that no one around her seems to care. Um, largely, uh, you hear a couple of people muttering like oh, typical Malkavians, um, which is a, a clan you're, you've heard of just sort of in passing. You were briefed on it back in the day. Um, but it is fairly uh, typical behavior for for Malkavians to be be speaking to themselves or to lamps or to other things. Um, so it's it's a it's an accepted eccentricity of, of that particular bloodline. Um, so you did kind of disappear back uh, back into the crowd. Um, what's kind of going through your head? You realize now that the sort of um, cloud of, of messy successy blood frenzy is, is off that um, one of the two victims you rolled on the uh, great wheel of victims uh, was in fact um, a sort of uh, for lack of better term uh, glamored uh, which I know isn't really a thing in this, but you know what I mean? Um, uh, human. Um, the, uh, the nurse who is, is going around tending to wounded kindred um, that must sit pretty ill with you. I think And now that the frenzy's off, realizing that that line was blurred must be a little tough. Uh, what's going through Everett's head? I mean, there's a degree of hypocrisy in that, in that like we have a whole gang of bear boys who are human <laughs> that like work for Ridley. Um, I think, uh, sorry, I'm also meant that you almost ate one, which isn't something oh. that, that has that you're, yeah, you haven't eaten a bear boy. Yeah. That, that it was even, okay, sorry. Uh, no, no, no worries. Um, but that you've kind of seen a, I think you've traditionally always seen a pretty clear line. And the fact that that line didn't exist is, is alarming. Yeah. I think that kind of flies in the face of what I thought I knew about myself um, in terms of what this new hunger meant. Um, I guess at a certain point, blood is blood. All right. Uh, fair enough. Um, I'm going to ask you to take one stain, please. Okay. Um, as your your new views on humanity uh, begin to kind of alter the way you, you think and operate. Um, Ridley, uh, you've just heard a bunch of speeches. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're still pretty toasty. Um, I will say um, there is likely... Um, there is likely blood that you could stomach... If you have hunger, I don't know if you do. Um, as we mentioned last time, there's like the blood is flowing tonight. Like they 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 stocked well. Um, the catch is that yours isn't humor based. You're not asking for a specific humor of blood. You're asking for a specific type of person it came from. Um, so if you do yeah, want, I think actually I think I'm not hungry because I ate a bunch of dudes when we were fighting the Inquisition. Okay, great. Um, so that solves for that. Um, what uh, what would you what do you think you would do in the kind of last beat of downtime before being summoned to the prince? You've heard a bunch of speeches. You've kind of seen seen some things. Um, what is uh, what's Ridley's take? I think he'd probably just approach the others like at this point because he's kind of been flying solo amongst the crowd and kind of find them at the side of the room. Be like, oh, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but we're getting the whole west. That's fucking tight. Do they have some sort of fucking magician who can make me not this? And he just points at his like Cronenbergian burn monster of a self. I think he's asking the two of you, not me. <laughs> I'm not here. Yeah, no, you'd. What's everyone so fucking quietly? Something weird happened over here. Everett, you look less pale. Howdy. 
I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, well, just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? Dumdums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grand darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hivebred siblings Lyric and Alto as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by games master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000 The Valentine Heresy. Available now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't, I don't know uh, if there's anyone here that can really help you with that situation. Doesn't that take time? Don't you have to kind of sleep on that? I don't know. That? That's why I was hoping there was some kind of fucking magician. You know, I just want somebody to go oogity boogity. Fucking, I'm fine. I mean, there's a nurse over there. She's been giving people oh, blood and helping them with injuries, but fucking useless. You know, the whole we got to look after the most injured people. I'm, I'm fucking fine compared to those idiots. Well, I mean. We just got a, offered a, a pretty large piece of territory from the prince, right? Maybe that boosts you up in her estimation. It's not a bad fucking idea. Oi! <laughs> you got fucking healing magic! Um, so uh, there are two nurses floating around. Um, one uh, is um, a uh, dude in scrubs and, uh, and an outdoor jacket who is kind of wandering around uh, vaguely glassy-eyed, um, and then there's a, a female nurse who is definitely kindred. Uh, turns around, and says, "Fucking healing magic? What are you talking about?" Well, if you look at me, I'm fucked, and if I decimate, it'll take me fucking at least I don't know, fourteen days, sixteen days to fucking heal this up. And that's if I go out and fucking eat, and I look like a fucking barn fire. So, like, what the fuck do I do? You got magic that'll fix it? I got some band aids. Ah, oh, fuck it. No. <laughs> no, she's useless. I can't fucking do it, he says to Everett. That's fine. I'll just take my magic healing band-aids elsewhere. Fuck you. Uh, and then she wanders off into the crowd. They're not magic. She fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, she hears it, looks down at the band-aids, and she's like, no, they're not. Unless someone who truly loves you puts one on you. And then all your boo-boos go away. I miss your mom. Uh, and then she goes and like 
continues to bandage up patients. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I miss my mum too. Now I'm sad. Worst fucking nurse ever. <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, there is no uh, healing magic to be had uh, at this particular juncture. Um, there might be some stuff that'll help accelerate your your healing, um, but uh, nothing. There's no oogity boogity <laughs> instant heal. Um, cool. Um, so yeah, the, the three of you have reconvened. Uh, you have a few minutes before you have to go in uh, to see the prince. Uh, is there anything you would want to discuss before you do? Anything you want to talk about tactically? He uh, he did ask how far you're willing to go. So it's not like he's just going to give it to you. There will clearly be an ask, um, but. Um, you're not quite sure what it is. The other thing worth considering for the three of you specifically is uh, there's been no mention of uh, uh, the Bouchards um, and you've kind of gotten hints from various other people that uh, the sort of Camarilla that tasked you with doing stuff may not actually be this Camarilla, uh, which is somewhat concerning. Now, granted, they're is enough kind of division based on kind of how crazy the world's gotten uh, with Gena happening and all um, over in the Middle East with a lot of the elders that it's possible there's just a miscommunication, but Everett, you've been getting kind of hints from people that something, something funky is up. So just also Ellen. worth the three of you considering as, as something you might need to address or just be aware of. Yeah, if we're together again, I'll show them the text. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's imagine we're Alan somewhere Fuchs. away from the group. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we're not like, getting overheard. No, no, it's it's a party. There's like uh, the theater's big enough that there's various like kind of places you can pick up. Plus, everyone's so fucking wounded that there's a lot of just like people licking their wounds and kind of taking a breather, getting bandages and the like. Yeah, I'll I'll hand my phone to uh, to Iris and and show it to Ridley as well and say. Uh, that's a message I got from Ellen Fuse. She's my sire. She's the one who assigned me to meet with you two here in Montreal. She says that these people are claiming to be the Camarilla. Oh, that's perfect. All right. So I say we say yes to whatever they ask as long as it doesn't fuck us over. We get really powerful within them. And then, you know, we just go and rip that fucking Ryan Laplante's heart out. And then we just rip the prince's head off and take over. Then they become a part of our ongoing structure. So is the plan to just literally go in there and tell them whatever they want to hear and say yes to everything and then do whatever we want later? I mean, that sounds deliver on those. (laughs) That sounds what the plan is. It it sounds like a pretty fucking good. You can't say fucking no to these people. If you've been here before and they're like, do you want to take over after city? I'm going to require you to burn down an hospital. And then you say no, then they kill you and someone else burns down the hospital. You agree, you improvise, you adapt. And if it goes wrong, you agree, you leave the room and then you shoot them in their car when they try to drive away. Do we really want to commit ourselves to these people and this mass number of people? Do we want to commit ourselves to fighting this many people? Yeah, because if we say we're going to do something, then we betray them. They're all coming after us. Yeah, but if we say no, they all come after us. If we betray them, we get to choose when and where they come after us. I mean, half the city's on fire right now, thanks to the Inquisition. But, you know, it's not just us against these vampires. The Inquisition just killed... My fucking friend, the Inquisition is not someone we could team up with. I'll tell you that right now. If the options are this, are the Inquisition, I'm fucking joining these cunts. I don't even care what they do. I'm just saying we're not the only ones opposing these vampires. I'm not saying we have to join them. I'm saying we're not alone. It's not the same. So you want to 
okay, then what's our plan when we go in? Because right now they only want to fucking talk to Iris. So there's not, it's, I don't think they're going to welcome, like, it's not Dragon's Den, where they're like, why don't you come in, pitch what you'd like, and then go talk to the wall about the offer. Like, how do we know what we're all agreeing to or don't agree to? Otherwise, we're just saying Iris drives the bus. Do we just want to say Iris drives the bus? I mean, when it comes to this kind of stuff, Iris handles herself quite well. Well, Do you know what? I I totally agree. Iris, Everett, and I both agree that you should make the decision for the group. Great. Thanks, guys. Now, is that (laughs) an example of you agreeing and then going to tear my head off later? Or Iris's head off, for that matter? Well, as long as we all agree that we're now committed to this path, then I can explain my reasoning. But it's only right now. Okay, I feel yeah. like it would behoove us to actually, even if we're not going to honor anything we say in there, have a line that we draw. So it does seem like we legitimately have values that and lines that we won't cross. So I'm going to go to Ridley for this one because he has the higher um, tolerance for doing things. Um, what is the line that you cross if they ask us to do it? We won't do well, I mean, we don't want to kill a bunch of fucking unrelated people. It won't help us. It'll gain a bunch of fucking heat, and it causes problems. They want us to go to war with vampires? Fuck yeah. They want us to go to war with the Inquisition? Fuck yeah. They want us to go to war with the cops? I mean, I'd be like, what if we don't? But we could do it. But if they're like, we need to start, I don't know. It sounds like Sabat shit from what I know, but like, we don't want to fucking terrorise innocent people, fucking eat people off the streets, like torturing innocent people's fucked. Like, that shit, No. But like all the other shit that lets you take over somewhere and run it effectively, yes. That'd be what my gut would say. Okay. Everett, do you have any uh, lines you'd like to draw given that your moral compass is drastically different than theirs? Yeah. um, Honestly, short of killing vampires, and even then, only certain vampires, I'm not too comfortable with murder beyond that. Even the Inquisition is a weird gray space because I know almost nothing about them. They're not fucking a gray area. They fucking killed uh, my fucking best friend who owned that fucking bar whose name I have to look up because I'm also... TJ Malone, you're so upset. Uh, Yeah, TJ Malone and I fucking suck. You know, I'm so upset I can't even remember his name. I just picture his fucking corpse. You shot fucking police officers today. The Inquisition are the fucking bad guys. They'll kill me. They'll kill Iris. Is your secret that you're in the fucking Inquisition? Nope. Good. (laughs) Because they're not fucking grey area. We fucking kill all of them. We take their heads and we remove them from the body. And the guts come out. You know, knife goes in, guts come out. Fucking the old Inquisition. Is that it, though? Like, the Inquisition killed the bartender and now the whole Inquisition has to get wiped out? Like, I, I, yes! think I'm with, I think I'm with Ridley on this one. I think um, if we don't defend ourselves, we will get hunted. Yeah, they also kidnapped her brother. And that's why she's got fucking demon powers. Because they fucking pumped her full of hell or something. Look, I really, uh, I'm really not on my my game tonight. Um, I think that's been pretty clear. I was uh, a shot in the head earlier. Um, that wasn't super. Uh, and uh, Iris here just helped me. Uh, I don't know the full details, but she helped me uh, keep from making a, I think what was a big mistake based on the context clues uh, earlier this evening. What mistake? Uh, it's not important right now, but... Uh, you whitewash all these fucking things that are clearly important. What the fuck is going on? Iris, why don't you tell me what's going on? Because clearly you know what happened. 
it it's kind of not my secret and i kind of need him to tell you wait so now you're both fuck we agreed no fucking secrets between at least the fucking two of us everett do you have something to tell ridley just that um tonight i'm not really in uh i'm not feeling like i'm in a good position to be making uh choices on what my, what lines I, I can and cannot cross. So I don't think I have anything to add here. So you're not going to reveal your secret at this time. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Or I just want to be clear. The secret that you know, will it get me killed at some point if I'm not aware of it? Like I've been told, it will. I mean, any secret could potentially get you killed. I don't know. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you both. Oh, fucking, you fucking pieces of shit. You fucking Everett, know. Everett, you, you need to tell him. Okay. Fine. Uh, Can we go somewhere more private than this? The three of you uh, pile into a bathroom. Um, like the, uh, the one of the, the sort of large uh, accessible bathrooms um, and lock the door. So you're standing in a, a, a small, well-lit, well-appointed uh, bathroom. Great. I take up my revolver uh, and I empty the regular bullets and I put in silver bullets. I close it and I slide it like across the counter of sinks, like over to uh, Ridley and Iris. And I say, um, I eat vampires. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai angle and all our ads use the tracks no control in chiefs by jazzar that's j-a-h-z-z-a-r all of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dumb dumbs and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are at dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice and most importantly you can join our patreon of darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice that's d-u-m-b d-u-m-b d-i-c-e sleep well children of the died <laughs> dum dums and dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our patreon at this time christian manicola long long the half blind prophet james quayar charles grams christopher little sue one george dolby one true artistry orion birchfield lord abradovic noel lewis Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.